Section six of Yiddish Tales. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Yiddish Tales translated by Helena Frank and read by Adrian Pretzelis. Section six. It is well by Isaac Loeb Perez. You ask how it is that I remained a Jew? Whose merit is it? Not through my own merits, nor those of my ancestors. I was a six-year-old Cheder boy, my father a countryman outside Vilna, a householder in a small way. No, I remained a Jew thanks to the Shapol grandfather. How do I come to mention the Shapol grandfather? What has the Shapol grandfather to do with it, you ask? The Shapol grandfather was no Shapol grandfather then. He was a young man suffering exile from home and kindred, wandering with a troop of mendicants from congregation to congregation, from friendly inn to friendly inn, in all respects one of them. What difference his heart may have shown, who knows? And after these journeyman years, the time of revelation had not come even yet. He presented himself to the rabbinical board in Vilna, took out a certificate, and became a shoichet in a village. He roamed no more, but remained in the neighbourhood of Vilna. The Misnagim, however, have a wonderful flair, and they suspected something, began to worry and calumniate him, and finally they denounced him to the rabbinical authorities as a transgressor of the law, of the whole law what Miss Nagim are capable of, to be sure. As I said, I was then six years old. He used to come to us to slaughter small cattle, or just to spend the night, and I was very fond of him. Whom else except my father and mother should I have loved? I had a teacher, a passionate man, a destroyer of souls and this other was a kind and genial creature who made you feel happy if he only looked at you. The calumnies did their work, and they took away his certificate. My teacher must have had a hand in it, because he heard of it before anyone, and the next time the shochet came he exclaimed, Apostate! and took him by the scruff of his coat and bundled him out of the house. It cut me to the heart like a knife. Only I was frightened to death of the teacher, and never stirred. But a little later, when the teacher was looking away, I escaped, and began to run after the shochet, across the road, which, not far from the house, lost itself in a wood that stretched all the way to Vilna. What exactly I proposed to do to help him, I don't know, but something drove me after the poor Scheuchert. I wanted to say good-bye to him, to have one more look into his nice kindly eyes. But I ran and ran and hurt my feet against the stones in the road and saw no one. I went to the right, down into the wood, thinking I would rest a little on the soft earth of the wood. I was about to sit down when I heard a voice—it sounded like his voice—farther on in the wood, 
half speaking and half singing. I went softly towards the voice, and saw him some way off, where he stood swaying to and fro under a tree. I went up to him. He was reciting the Shihasharim, the Song of Songs. I look closer, and see that the tree under which he stands is different from the other trees. The others are still bare of leaves, and this one is green, and in full leaf it shines like the sun, and stretches its flowery branches over the shoichet's head like a tent. And a quantity of birds hop among the twigs, and join in singing the Song of Songs. I am so astonished that I stand there with open mouth and eyes, rooted like the trees. He ends his chant. The tree is extinguished, the little birds are silent, and he turns to me and says affectionately, Listen, Yudla, Yudl is my name, I have a request to make of you. Really? I answer joyfully and I suppose he wishes me to bring him out some food, and am ready to run and bring him our whole Sabbath dinner, when he says to me, Listen, keep what you saw to yourself. This sobers me, and I promise seriously and faithfully to hold my tongue. Listen again, you are going far away, very far away, and the road is a long road. I wonder, however, should I come to travel so far? And he goes on to say, They will knock the Rebbe's Torah out of your head, and you will forget father and mother. But see, you keep your name. You are called Yudel. Remain a Jew. I am frightened, but cry out from the bottom of my heart, Surely, as surely may I live! Then, because my own idea clung to me, I added, Don't you want something to eat? And before I finished speaking, he had vanished. The second week after, they fell upon us, and led me away as a cantonist, a conscript, to be brought up among the Gentiles, and turned into a soldier. Time passed, and I forgot everything, as he had foretold. They knocked it all out of my head. I served far away, deep in Russia, among snows and terrific frosts, and never set eyes on a Jew. There may have been hidden Jews about, but I knew nothing of them. I knew nothing of Sabbath and festival, nothing of any fast. I forgot everything. But I held fast to my name. I did not change my coin. The more I forgot, the more I was inclined to be quit of all my torments and trials, to make an end of them by agreeing to a Christian name. But whenever the bad thought came into my head, he appeared before me, the same Shoichet, and I heard his voice say to me, Keep your name, remain a Jew and I knew for certain that it was no empty dream, because every time I saw him older and older, his beard and earlocks greyer, his face paler. 
Only his eyes remained the same kind eyes, and his voice, which sounded like a violin, never altered. Once they flogged me, and he stood by and wiped the cold sweat off my forehead and stroked my face and said softly, Don't cry out. We ought to suffer. Remain a Jew. And I bore it without a cry, without a moan, as though they had been flogging, not me. Once, during the last year, I had to go as a sentry to a public house behind the town. It was evening, and there was a snowstorm. The wind lifted patches of snow and ground them to needles, rubbed them to dust, and this snow-dust and these snow-needles were whirled through the air, flew into one's face and pricked. You couldn't keep an eye open, and you couldn't draw your breath. Suddenly I saw some people walking past me, not far away, and one of them said in Yiddish, this is the first night of Passover. Whether it was a voice from God, or whether some people really passed me, to this day I don't know, but the words fell upon my heart like lead, and I had hardly reached the tavern and began to walk up and down when a longing came over me, a sort of heartache that is not to be described. I wanted to recite the Haggadah, and not a word of it could I recall, not even the four questions I used to ask my father. I felt if only I could have recalled one simple word, the rest of it would have followed and risen out of my memory, one after the other, like sleepy birds from beneath the snow. But that one first word is just what I cannot remember. Rebina Shaloylem, Lord of the Universe, I cried fervently, one word, only one word. As it seems, I made my prayer in a happy hour, for Avadim Hoinu, for we were slaves, came into my head, just as if it had been thrown down from heaven. I was overjoyed. I was so full of joy that I felt it brimming over. And then the rest all came back to me, and as I paced up and down on my watch with my musket on my shoulder, I recited and sang the Haggadah to the snowy world around. I drew it out of me, word after word, like a chain of golden links, like a string of pearls. Oh, but you won't understand, you couldn't understand, unless you had been taken away there too. The wind, meanwhile, had fallen. The snowstorm had come to an end, and there appeared a clear, twinkling sky and a shining world of diamonds. It was silent all round, and ever so wide and ever so white, with a sweet, peaceful, endless whiteness. And over this calm, wide whiteness there suddenly appeared something still whiter and lighter and brighter wrapped in a robe and a prayer-scarf, the prayer-scarf over its shoulders, 
and over the prayer-scarf, in front, a silvery white beard, and above the beard two shining eyes, and above them a sparkling crown, a cap with gold and silver ornaments. And it came nearer and nearer, and went past me, but as it passed me it said, It is well. It sounded like a violin. And then the figure vanished. But it was the same eyes, the same voice. I took Schapol on my way home, and went to see the old man. For the Rebbe of Schapol was called by the people Der Alter, the Schapol grandfather. And I recognized him again. And he recognized me. End of section 6. It is well by Isaac Lowe Perez.